0: Conspiracy Show with Richard Serra.
1: Thanks for inviting me into your home, your long haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' well appointed basement with the simulated wood paneling, electric fireplace, and the painting of dogs playing poker, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. Carlos Cagina is our technical producer, and Ryan White is our live stream producer. Be sure to check out my YouTube and Rumble channels, Strange Planet. All right, this hour, a visit from one of my favorites, Mary Joyce. She's worked for two major metropolitan newspapers, the Orlando Sentinel in Florida as an artist and columnist, and the Oakland Press in Michigan as a Sunday Magazine editor and then feature editor. On the side, she's written magazine articles and books, and since 2008, she's been the main researcher and editor for the Skyships Over Cashiers website, which features a wide variety of cutting-edge topics, from UFOs to secret underground bases, from Bigfoot to Cherokee little people, and she's the author of a number of books, including Underground Military Bases Hidden in North Carolina Mountains, Cherokee Little People Were Real, Tangible Evidence of Jesus Left Behind for Us, and Bigfoot Beyond the Footprints. Mary, welcome back to the program. How are you?
0: I'm real good. I hope you are too.
1: Likewise, yes, yes. Um, this is an interesting story. And uh, Julian Lennon, uh, John Lennon's son, the late John Lennon's son, Uh, performed a tribute, kind of a memorial, to his uh, father. He was uh, fundraising uh, for Ukrainian uh, refugees and and to raise money for for war-torn Ukraine. And uh, I guess that kind of got you uh, thinking about something that happened back in 2013 at John Lennon's um, memorial, a peace tower, in Iceland. Tell me about that.
0: Um, believe it or not, it was, what a place to build a memorial, but it's on uh, the on the island, I guess, uh, of uh, Greenland. And, uh,
1: Iceland. Oh, yeah, Iceland, I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: Um, and it's called Imagine Peace Tower. It was built by Yoko Ono, his wife, and she dedicated it to her husband. Well, what is interesting is that I, uh, a bunch of years ago, was contacted by a man who lives in the Netherlands, and he uh, has gotten us some really great UFO photos. And he, ha- he got UFO photos of these UFOs going around this tower. Now this tower is a tower of light. And so they're real strong blue beams that go straight up into the sky. And so there are these uh, UFOs that circle that beam of light, which is almost like they're endorsing uh, what that stood for. And uh, during this time where we're having war again, uh, and with uh, Julian Flynn coming out with this song again, uh, I just thought that was kind of appropriate to bring that old story back up for people to hear about.
1: Are UFOs often attracted to um, beams of light emanating from, from the surface of the earth?
0: This is the first time I can actually connect them with something like this. Um, many times we connect them with... Um, uh, electrical uh, power plants or nuclear power plants or military bases or large bodies of water. Um, I've never really been aware of them just being attracted to a beam of light, which, in my opinion, perhaps makes this uh, more significant because they were acknowledging um, quite an unusual uh, memorial.
1: Right. And John Lennon had a, a fascination with UFOs. Of course, he had that famous sighting When he lived in uh, greenwich village this was before he was in the uh, the dakota building with yoko he was living with uh, may pang down in uh, the village and saw both of them saw from the roof of their apartment building uh, a huge craft uh, just hovering down i guess it would be the hudson river and um, he he wrote about that in uh, or mentioned it on his 1974 uh, walls and bridges album so he had a long-standing fascination with ufos at one point when he was living in the dakota he claimed to have had a dream that turned out not to be a dream there were um, aliens in the building and they handed him an egg which he later i don't know if you've heard this story mary but he, he later gave this egg it looked like a fabergé egg almost he gave it to yuri <coughs> the famous israeli um psychic have you heard of that story
0: I've only heard about him seeing a UFO from his apartment. I do not know about this egg. So go right ahead and inform us all.
1: Oh, that's about it, really. I, I, I don't have much more to add except that he claimed that the, these insectoid-like uh, aliens uh, at, the, uh, at the Dakota handed him this egg. And apparently it was, I don't know, supposed to hold the key to all knowledge or something. But at some point, uh, he had befriended... Uri Geller, and he gave him this egg, and uh, Yuri still has it to this day. So that's just a kind of a, a quick aside. So it is interesting that his um, uh, his imagined peace tower memorial in Reykjavik would be visited by uh, it looks like some extraterrestrial uh, craft flying around. This um, it's a it's a rather unique looking memorial. It's um, as you say, there's uh, thirteen, I believe, thirteen. Um, uh, light beams pointed up into the sky they go something like two and a half miles up into the sky all right so we have to talk about some um interesting video evidence of a mississippi or mississippi swamp ape and uh how did you get a hold of this
0: uh sometimes i just stumble on things and i sometimes feel like somebody's behind me just kind of pushing me in a direction to find something um so I, there's no special thing except I stumbled upon it. And what makes this interesting is that there was a man who was in a swamp in uh, Mississippi, and he was dressed in camouflage, and he was hunkered down in this swamp hunting wild hogs. So he's being very still. He's waiting for a wild hog. And what happened was he was so still and so camouflaged that there was a Bigfoot um, not far from where he was, who was oblivious to uh, this man, his first name was Josh, uh, even being anywhere near. And so Josh was able to get uh, images of, or not images, a video of this um, Bigfoot who seemed to be eating something from inside the base of a very large, somewhat hollowed out cypress tree. And he is either peeling off the inside of the tree and eating it, or there's something inside there, um, you know, like ants or uh, termites or something that he would find appealing. And I encouraged people uh, in the posting to um, enlarge the picture on their computer and to also turn up the volume. Because what makes this video um, authentic is that you can hear the sounds and they match the movement and when people do fake things it's real hard to make everything sink and this swamp ape picture uh, does exactly that we've only gotten one other swamp ape um, uh, video footage and that was in a florida swamp and this was just a canoeist who was uh, uh, just canoeing in uh, a swamp i believe it was north east of tampa and uh, He just uh, stumbled upon a Bigfoot who was also having lunch. But, again, snapshots would never convince you of anything. What makes these both convincing is the movement. And in the Florida case, you can see the Bigfoot catch a snake, and then it looks like he eats it. So um, both of these people were able to catch some active lunchtime uh, periods for the Bigfoot.
1: Right. These are two of the most compelling pieces of video evidence I've ever seen of Bigfoot in, in this in these cases I guess they are swamp apes um, so it's
0: just another name for Bigfoot
1: right right but they seem to be uh, generally they're, they're they're smaller than the the, the Bigfoot that we uh, think of when we uh, from the Pacific Northwest let's say correct
0: i've kind of put them in three categories the one the ones down in the swamps uh, tend to be the smaller ones the ones where I live are kind of medium-sized, and I'm here in the mountains of western North Carolina. And then out west is where you get the really big big guys.
1: Right. And uh, often, you know, the photographs we see of Bigfoot, they are very blurry or they're from a distance. You really can't make out what's happening. Um, and in some cases, you know, they're obviously hoaxes. But in, in this case, uh, you see, as you say, um, a man who's hunkered down in the woods, and he's captured this, I guess, on his camera phone, Uh, and he's trying to walk gingerly up to this this hollowed-out tree where this creature is kind of hunched over, and as you say, it looks like he's stripping off pieces of bark or something and eating, and um, uh, the the creature has kind of long, gangly arms. Uh, It almost looks like a gorilla. That's the first thing I thought. What did you think?
0: Um, the proportions are, are different, and when he stands up at the very end of the film, um, he takes on the shape of what we expect a Bigfoot to to, to look like. Uh, but it scared the you know what out of Josh, and the the video quickly came to an end because you can see him running off. He had a he wasn't going to contend with this guy.
1: Right. It's a it's a two minute sixteen second video, and the link is provided. If you go to SkyshipsOverCashiers.com, SkyshipsOverCashiers.com, and I've linked up to, their, to uh, Mary's website at strangeplanet.ca. Just click on her name. It'll take you right there. And then just look for the uh, Mississippi Swamp Ape video story. And uh, there's a, a link there where you can watch the first one uh, involving this hunter Josh. Uh, then in the second one, where did the second one come from? This is a, a f- um, was taken in a Florida swamp, and it was sent, whoever took the video, then sent it to somebody else, I guess, who runs kind of a Bigfoot evidence website, and he enhanced it.
0: Um, somebody did do that with a version of this. I believe what we have is the original.
1: Hmm. Okay, and kind of set this one up. This there's, is, uh, there's,
0: a, there's a man, um, I, his name is, think. his title is Thinker Thunker. And he um, takes different kinds of videos, especially of things that are in question like this, and will analyze them. He will do it all sorts of different ways. So there's a version of his commentary on that. Um, I have um, uh, the simple one that just takes you right to... Um, to the video itself and it speaks for itself again in both of these videos if you just take snapshots or individual frames from the video there's nothing convincing about it at all it is the continuous movement and action that becomes so convincing and that second one with the Florida swamp ape uh, ran about three and a half minutes
1: yes again the most compelling video evidence I've seen of um, perhaps any cryptid, Bigfoot or otherwise. In your book, um, Bigfoot Beyond Beyond the Footprints, um, do you spend a lot of time discussing swamp apes?
0: Uh, No, I don't. I don't. Um, Because um, I like to be as close to the stories as I can be. And so most of the stories that I have in there, not all of them, But uh, they all started here in the mountains of uh, North Carolina. And as you've heard me say before, um, I'm in a really interesting spot because we have Bigfoot, we have little people, we have UFOs, and we have underground military bases. And so for a a former newspaper uh, writer and editor, it's a, a very interesting place to have moved into.
1: I'll say, yes. You're right in the, uh, uh, seems like you're right in the the center of all that activity. Uh, this is a fascinating story at skyshipsovercashiers.com. Sh- sky it's about a mummy, a 14-inch tall mummy uh, that was discovered. And it's, uh, it's of a little person, all right, about 14 inches, as I say. Tell us about it. Where was it discovered?
0: Well, this wasn't, this is not a news story, actually, but it's one that nobody I know had ever heard of and back in 1932 there were two uh, gold miners Um, i believe they were south of um, casper wyoming and they found a cave in the san pedro mountains and in it was this little mummy now this mummy um, has been confirmed as authentic because uh, it was given to the american museum of natural history and they confirmed that it was a real little human uh 14 inches tall about 65 years of age uh because it came from the san pedro mountains it's called the pedro man so you can probably you know find some of the information about the pedro man just by typing that into your search bar Um, but the little man had been killed rather violently he basically was in a yoga position which you normally think of as something peaceful Um, but he had been hit so severely that his brain was exposed his collarbone was broken his spine was damaged Um, i I don't know why somebody would want to beat the you know what out of a little tiny uh, creature but they did Um, so anyhow because of the american museum of natural history and also harvard university anthropology department confirming all of this uh, it's not just a, um, a hoax it's not just something that somebody wanted to dream up for the world Um, When I first posted it, I had a number of photos of it, and I posted one of them. After I did that, I found another picture, which was was much more interesting, and I had to do a whole new article, um, because the side view of this little mummy, he has pointed ears, like elf ears. And so I did a whole recent article, and it's just titled, Pointed Elf Ears Were and Are Real. So I have a picture of this little mummy, where you can see his ear, and then here in the mountains, uh, where we have little people, um, there was a medallion-sized, I don't know, a little little face. It has a face on both sides. It has the elf ears. It has a rather large nose and strange eyes, and this was found during a historic flood here in the mountains, and it was found by a little five-year-old. And so it came from so deep within the ground that it, that in itself indicated it was very old, but it's in the same area as um, our little people stories and our little people legends. And according to the old timers that I interviewed about the little people, there were two different kinds in this area. And one looked and, like the uh, native uh, Cherokee people, but the other one, the Cherokee really didn't like and they would try to kill them and they describe them as having um, red whiskers and squinty eyes and I have to wonder if this uh, medallion shaped um, uh, little head uh, which I have a photo of on the in the article uh, if it was a a, 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 I don't know a rendition of one of those characters. and then i got even deeper into all this because we all have heard about elf ears with um um you know gnomes and fairies and elves and leprechauns and all of that but i found out that there are uh people born today who have these and it's not uncommon according to yale medicine one in every six thousand newborns has an outer ear deformity they call stall's ear and basically, that is just an extra fold in the cartilage of the upper ear, which produces that point of ear appearance and so i have i've included pictures of the ears of um, four little babies, and they all have variations on elf ears
1: ah is that is that so is that possible that i don 't know some some uh, somehow years ago generations ago, there may have been some intermingling with the little people and, and uh, full-size humans, and that gene uh, of, from of the ancestor pops out once in a while?
0: I don't know, but it makes you wonder. And um, quite a few years ago, I uh, picked up an edition of the Cherokee newspaper, which I can't think of the real name of it right now, but it's the paper for the reservation. And there was a, like a wedding anniversary or wedding celebration uh, for a couple. And there was a normal size. Cherokee woman and her husband was this little short 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 man and that was the first time I thought about the possibility that there have might there might have been um uh, you know that kind of interaction with the little people at least sometimes so anything's possible uh we we humans seem to be um rather indiscriminate about how we um uh, get along with each other
1: Mary Joyce is the founder and chief researcher at SkyshipsOverCashiers.com. SkyshipsOverCashiers.com. Just getting back to that mummy that was um, uncovered—14-inch tall, mummified remains of a little man—and that was found near Casper, Wyoming. Um, Now, when we've been talking about little people, you and I over the years associated with the Cherokee, um, and and. Those are mainly, the Cherokee were mainly, you know, in uh, uh, Appalachia, North Carolina. Um, What would a little person be doing way out in Wyoming? Are there stories and legends from out there as well? Uh,
0: The little people have been found all over the world. And uh, a few years ago, I was out in South Dakota and went to the uh, Sioux Indian Reservation out there, one of them out there, and got to know um, a young woman who's... I think grandfather was a shaman. Her older brother was a shaman. And she was a very intuitive um, type of person. And um, she opened up with me. Of course, I started the conversation. And she told me about the little people living out in South Dakota. And uh, so these little creatures are not limited to just one place. And her stories were really uh, rather unique. Uh, The one I like the best is that... um, uh, I think it's her older brothers or her uncles, they were, um, I think, swimming in a creek that's on the reservation, and in the course of that, they found a little cave off the side of this creek, and they went into it, and there was a, a, a small quiver, a small drum, a small set of arrows, and a bow, and these guys, the boys, uh, took these things and took them back to town and showed them to their grandfather. Well, the grandfather got very, very upset uh, with the boys and told them to take those things right back because it would only cause trouble, which it did for a couple of days. Uh, everybody was losing chickens and uh, the little people were killing them. Now, at first, that sounds just terrible. But on the other hand, if you're just a little person, how can you... Um, Respond to uh, people who are like twice your size and taking advantage of you So they didn't keep up the retaliation very long, but uh, they did let the uh, the big folks know that uh, they didn't want to be bothered
1: Don't mess with the little people Don't all Mary. Right, mess Ma-
0: with the little people
1: Mary, will take a quick time. I'll come back. Mary Joyce from Skyships over Cashiers.com back with more in a moment. Stay with us the world is being pulled over your eyes. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrant. And we are back with Mary Joyce, founder and chief researcher at skyshipsovercashiers.com. Skyshipsovercashiers.com. Uh, well, let's keep uh, on with the the little people theme. you um, have got a story here uh, on the website about a man's encounter with a little person in... Uh, a forest in South Carolina. Tell me about it.
0: Uh, To be quite honest with you, I am such a newspaper person that I wouldn't have um, published his story if I hadn't already found out about this mummy. He he managed to contact me sometime after that. I think it was before I published it on the website, but um, so he couldn't have picked it up from there. And he um, is a professional who is very concerned that his name not be used because he didn't want people to um you know think badly of him because it sounds fanciful and basically when he was a younger man he and some of his buddies went on a camping fishing trip so the whole plan was to go to this place in the one of the national forests in South Carolina which is adjacent to where I live and um They they would spend the night there, and then the next morning, they would get up and fish on the river. Um, And they were, you know, around the campfire, just having a good time. And at some point, uh, this man got kind of tired. His name is James. And he went over and sat on a cooler off by himself, and his buddy came over and asked if everything was all right. And almost instantly, there was this little creature, again, about 13, 14 inches tall, um that popped up on a little mound of dirt right next to where they were um his buddy went nuts and was about to smash the little thing which you can understand why the uh, uh mummy from uh, Wyoming got smashed because this guy I guess was just freaked out by it well the little man disappeared and the friend ba- um, backed off but the little guy came back and um I should back up a little bit because when he first showed up he was acting real friendly and the the guys could not understand him but it was clear that he was trying to you know say hello or to welcome them and i asked him what the little guy looked like and these are his words he said he was about 13 to 14 inches tall he looked human maybe a little fat and his skin was whitish like a caucasian he had round cheeks and a pudgy nose and his eyes were lighter. He looked like a gnome from the gnome's book, except he didn't have a beard. His hair was brown, and his hat wasn't pointed. It was a floppy brimmed hat, and then he uh, gave me a photo of what it kind of looked like. And uh, his clothes were brown, different shades from light to dark. If you were walking in the forest, he would blend in so well, you probably wouldn't see him. He wore boots with his trousers tucked into them. Someone in his tribe must have known how to weave because his clothing was made of cloth. His hair was cut just above his shoulders and he appeared to be very clean and well kept. Well what's interesting is I think many years after that he met a person who understood what he what James had gone through because he this other man and his friends used to go fishing and camping in the same area and he said that they became friends with this little guy and um every now and then they would give him a can of beer so when james was looking back on his whole experience he said so it seems the tiny man was initially friendly with me and my buddy because he thought we might have a beer for him that's probably all he wanted from us that night we were camping in the forest so it's kind of a fanciful story and on its own i'm not sure i would have printed it but um Uh, When I could do it in conjunction with this verified little mummy, uh, I decided it was worth doing.
1: Now, you write in the article uh, that the the little people that you've written about in your book, Cherokee little people, were real. You say they're giants compared to the tiny ones that some people have seen. So the Cherokee little people, how how tall were they or are they approximately?
0: They, uh, they really are giants compared to the, these little creatures. Uh, they're in the three foot to three and a half feet tall uh, size.
1: Ah, okay. And and uh, these little tiny people are 13 to 14 inches, so just Correct. over a foot. Correct. Big difference. I'll say. I'll say.
0: And harder to believe, but... Um, Nevertheless, I keep getting more and more um, indications that uh, there is this is a reality.
1: I had a call. I was uh, hosting coast to coast recently, and we were doing our open lines on a Friday night, and I asked uh, for people to uh, to call in, you know, as per usual on a Friday, with their unusual encounters with cryptids or um, strange creatures, and and someone described. I can't remember which which state um, he was in. Um, Went on a fishing trip and he and a few buddies on the banks of this river enjoying some beer and all of a sudden they realized they were sort of surrounded by these little people now these little people were not friendly Mm -hmm. Uh, They started shooting he claimed little little uh, arrows at them and um, um, The next day supposedly they went back and they collected up some of these arrows and he promised to send me some pictures. He hasn't yet but it seems like some are friendly and some are quite aggressive, Mary.
0: Um, I, I have yet to become an expert on this because uh, I have just recently delved into this whole uh, world of the, the tiny 12 to, you know, 14-inch ones. So I really cannot make any conclusions at this point. But I certainly am keeping an open mind and will keep doing research on it. Clearly, as long as this one little guy got his beard, he was perfectly friendly.
1: All right. Now, one of the things that you're, you're famous uh, for, Mary, and, uh, and that has to do with these secret underground facilities in North Carolina. And uh, you have an update for us. Tell us about it.
0: Um, I'll give you just a little bit of background. I've, I've done research and written about five different underground facilities here in the mountains of western North Carolina. The one that I believe to be the oldest is known around here as PERI, P-A-R-I. It actually stands for Pisca Astronomical Research Institute. But this, has, this place, which is in the National Forest here in the mountains, has quite a history. And uh, back in the early 60s, it was a tracking station for uh, satellites and for uh, unmanned flights. Um, and then it was turned over at some point to the Department of Defense. And in my research, I've gotten the testimonies of many people, two of them uh, with top security clearance, who have told me that beneath this Perry facility uh, is a um, city-sized city, which is self-sufficient. And um, I've heard about it from other people, too. But when I hear it from people with top security clearance, that gives it a lot more credibility now what i uh, what i've learned more recently is I got a uh, an email and a phone call from a man who lives near this peering center, and he said there's something going on there. there are explosions under the ground there's rumblings um, it looks like they are doing some kind of underground expansion there. so the first thing I did was to use Google Earth and look at the site and What I found was there was all this evidence um, of this big hole in the ground where they were taking dirt out and then there were long bed, uh, at least two long bed trucks, dump trucks. Uh, They were excavating or earth moving equipment uh, pieces around the area and there was this large hole that you could see that it was a hole. It was mostly covered by two very large tarps. And the dirt was being taken out of there and then spread out evenly uh, on the adjacent land rather than building up a mound. And of course, that would help keep this whole activity more secret. Um, uh, And then I was able to uh, go back in time with Google and found out that in um, 2017, there were no signs of this digging at all in 2018, there were signs of it. So this made it really clear that that new digging beneath the ground began in 2018. And it's still a mysterious place. There's things that I hear that I can't really uh, put on the website unless I get more credibility or uh, credentialed people to uh, vouch for it. But I will give you an idea. Um, We've had um, people report that small, um by caravans of black vehicles have been seen going into this facility well supposedly it's a educational astronomy place now but why would you have those mysterious black vehicles going in a line into that facility uh we had a man uh who had recently um retired not as an old man but had retired from the air force and he saw uh, a man outside that gate to the facility uh in tactical gear. And sometimes you can get right into the place and sometimes you can't. Uh another witness had seen uh um... oh, Mary,
1: let me just jump in here. Pardon okay. the interruption. We'll take a no quick demo. We'll come back and we'll pick up on this, uh, an update on secret underground facilities in North Carolina. Mary Joyce, founder and chief researcher at SkyshipsOverCashiers.com, back with more in a moment. Stay with us. Welcome back, Mary Joyce. Stays with us, SkyshipsOverCashiers.com, and we're talking about an updated, uh, an update to the uh, secret underground bases in. North Carolina, and uh, this one is near Rosman, North Carolina, and it's called uh, Para or Perry, which is an acronym standing for Pisgah Astronomical Research Institute. And um, recently, there's been some uh, reports of more activity uh, rumbling, and and uh, a Google uh, map or a Google uh, Earth uh, satellite photo shows a large hole. Um, in the middle of this area, being uh, and it's covered with a tarp, and then we see long-bed trucks carting away dirt and so forth. Um, And you were about to tell us another uh, uh, eyewitness story.
0: Um, I I guess I kind of started on it. Uh, A man with the Air Force, who had recently retired from the Air Force, um, got very interested in what was happening around this place, and he saw... um, uh, a man in um, tactical gear, guarding the gate. Sometimes you can get into that place without a problem, and sometimes you can't. Um, it's just a very strange place, and I will speak firsthand on this. When There have been two times when I've had other people in the car with me when I've gotten close to this place, and all four of us have felt this very strange feeling in our heads when we get close to this place. Um, it's it's a kind of an uncomfortable feeling. It's like you want to get away from wherever you are because it's not pleasant. I call it people repellent. I think they actually use some kind of a electromagnetic, uh, electromagnetic um, pulse or something uh, that I call pe- uh, people repellent uh, that kind of discourages people from coming in that area when they don't want you to be there.
1: Oh, uh, sometimes the police use those uh, for crowd control. They're like microwave uh uh weapons on on trucks um uh, they're very secretive about it but they do use them uh and, and sometimes they can uh inflict real pain people feel like uh you know their skin is being burned but mm. apparently they don't last they, they don't uh they don't um it's not per- a permanent injury so maybe that's what's happening there any ufo activity around this particular site perry
0: There always has been Um, one of the witnesses uh, who lives in the area. uh, He used to give me lots of reports of UFOs coming in, except every time he did, his uh, computer system was all messed up. And finally, uh, one time when he reported something, it actually uh, was crashed completely. Uh, So he quit sharing stories because he simply could not afford to... um, Um, had his equipment destroyed like that. So there's a real cover-up situation there, even to this day. And again, uh, as far as we know, this started back in the early 60s.
1: So why do you suppose there was such a kind of a pause in activity and now it's ramping up again?
0: Well, that to me indicates they're expanding. Right. Or, Or if they're not expanding, they're creating a tunnel. To another underground facility. Uh, It it has to be one or the other. But it's so close to the hub of this, I think they're expanding.
1: And where would the next, uh, where would the closest underground facility to this one called Perry be in North Carolina?
0: My guess would be it's the newest one, the one that we actually were aware of when it was being built. And that's the one beneath the Smoky Mountain National Park. And we have every reason to believe that there is a tunnel that connects those two. And sometimes you get your uh, evidence in indirect ways. For example, the route that you would go from Perry to the Smoky Mountain facility uh, goes along this mountain ridge. And we got reports from people that lived along that ridge who for X amount of time would feel and hear uh, rumblings and vibrations beneath their homes And it would only last for, you know, a few days or a short amount of time, and it would stop. And so these underground boring machines can do about seven miles per day. Um, So I think each of these homes was experiencing that tunneling as it went beneath where they lived. So that's kind of one of the indirect indications that uh, a tunnel has been built.
1: And, um, would, I mean, wh- why do you suppose they're tunneling from one, one uh, underground facility to another? Would they, would they be connected maybe with uh, high-speed, like, maglev trains? Yeah, or?
0: That's, what, that's what we all believe, yes. And we have seen, there is a picture that's been on the, um, uh, available for, you know, many years now, and it shows one of these boring machines. It's bigger than any train you could imagine. It's obviously in a cylinder shape. Uh, and the people standing next to it look quite small. And uh, so the ability to do these things is, is quite incredible. And yes, that's exactly what I think is uh, connecting these various underground facilities. The man that I uh, referenced um, who had been with the Air Force, uh, he absolutely said that there was a tunnel that connected uh, the facilities um, up the northern part of Appalachia near Washington, D.C., that would connect all the way down to uh, where we are here in North Carolina.
1: All right, we'll take one more time out. uh, Mary, come back and discuss further. Mary Joyce is the founder and chief researcher at skyshipsovercashiers.com. Stay with us. We are back with Mary Joyce. Check out the website, skyshipsovercashiers.com. Uh, It's always full value. So many great stories and photographs and and, uh, satellite images from Google Earth and videos. And uh, uh, it's just a great collection of um, amazing, unbelievable stories of the unexplained. And uh, one such is uh, a giant, well, what appears to be a giant spacecraft on the ocean floor captured once again using uh, Google Earth. Mary, tell us all about it.
0: Uh, I want to give credit to anybody who gives me a lead, because mostly I go around with my uh, uh, Google Earth and just kind of explore, and occasionally I get lucky. But Scott Waring, uh, who many of your people may know, discovered this circular object on the floor of the ocean, and he's the one that speculated that it might be a a spacecraft. Well, needless to say, um, I decided to check it out for myself and it's disc shaped and it has a dark outer ring and it's about five miles in diameter so we're talking about something big wow um and so i got the images i enlarged them i brightened them and i was left wondering what was i seeing because when i really blew it up the interior part within this black ring actually looks like it might be transparent because it looks like a continuation of the lines on uh, you know on either side of it and I go all right what is this just one ring by itself and it's hollow in the middle or I, I don't know it's just a big puzzle and and uh, you've seen the picture have you got a gut reaction to it
1: uh, yeah it I hadn't thought of uh, it being transparent until you mentioned that um, yeah it does look like well it's certainly you know very spherical or round uh, and there is a a solid blue um, you know line around the outside and um, and then, as you say it 's transparent, yes, you can see the the bottom of the ocean floor like the uh, the ridges or whatever it is on the ocean floor, right through the craft so yeah is it is it a transparent um, uFO i don 't know
0: to give your uh, listeners a little bit better idea these lines that go along this um, fractured ocean bottom kind of look like parallel tracks for a train
1: ah yes yes
0: and so these parallel tracks can be seen in the center of this uh dark uh circle and so that indicates you can see right through it so it's either a ring that's totally just a ring itself or i don't know It left me with so many questions, and in the posting, um, I, as always, give the um, coordinates so people can copy and paste them into their own Google or search bar and look at these things for themselves. Um, As you've heard me say many times, there are too many people creating bogus stuff out there, and that is the reason I am absolutely dedicated to giving people coordinates so they can uh, find these things themselves and... Don't have to worry about being fooled.
1: And um, where, where, where is uh, you? You do give the coordinates, and people can go to skyshipsovercashiers.com dot com and click on this story about a giant spacecraft on the ocean floor and find the coordinates. But w- where do these coordinates take us on the on the on on the globe? Where is this?
0: All right. If you look, if you have a map of South America, the the large hump on the top, it would be on the ocean. Uh, Pacific Ocean to the left or to the west of that continent. Um, It's near where the Nazca Lines are, which kind of adds another twist to this. Could there be some kind of connection with that, too? Um, You just simply don't know for sure.
1: So this is off the coast of Peru. Yes. As you say, the uh, the home of the famous Nazca Lines, uh, which some people believe are of extraterrestrial origin.
0: So that you know that could be a connection. And when I've explored the coastline, including the the, uh, that on our west coast of the United States, um, I have found a number of um, ruins of very large um, facilities that are truly ancient, and they're on the ocean bottom floor. uh, You know, the ocean floor. So uh, there's been a lot of activity uh, in the past along the west coast you could
1: spend a lifetime i would imagine on google earth just scouring the ocean floor itself looking for and zooming in looking for uh artifacts and objects that that don't really belong there i'm guessing right
0: yes and let me t- and sometimes i just take a few you know a half hour out and just start scanning things let me tell you what i just found today haven't even posted it yet it'll be next week before it ever gets up but i found these two blood red blotches on Mars, and then there are two like railroad tracks that are parallel to each other. One's in a gold color and one is this blood red color. When I zoom in on that, um, on, on those blobs of color, it looks like there's been a delivered covered up, uh, cover up because you can see it's almost like brush strokes. Um, so somebody's trying to cover something up, why they would do that with red, I do not know. But then I just learned that this was in an area where um, scientists have said there would be water and ice. And um, so if we have a a facility that already exists, or if we are planning to have one in the future, building it near a water source makes a whole lot of sense. So I'm, I'm tying all this together for an article that'll be a week away.
1: All right. Do you think we already have a base on Mars? Absolutely. Is it manned?
0: Absolutely. And one of the, the, uh, let's see, I'm going to go blank on names. Uh, A man in Israel who was in charge of space security for, I think, for nearly 30 years, he uh, went public in the Jerusalem Post, which is a very highly regarded newspaper, and said that, uh, yes, we uh, have, uh, the Americans have, uh a base up there or bases up there and that they are interacting and working with the aliens so when you get that kind of information coming from a man of of his um you know credibility um you have to really really believe that there is something definitely going on there and i know you and i have talked about it in the past i had used google earth and found two places one in the uh, Northern Hemisphere and one in the Southern um, that look like uh, uh, modern um, spaceports or space stations.
1: Hmm. How often has this happened where you find something using Google Earth, you write down the coordinates, you zoom in, you look at it, and then when you go back later, it's it's been obliterated or it's gone.
0: That uh, I try to get a picture of, as soon as I find something because. Sometimes within a day of me posting it on the website, it gets messed up. Um, they will either blur it out, or in one case, when I found something in Antarctica, it literally looked like they took an ink bottle and just poured the ink over the location. So yes, um, uh, that's, that can be a problem.
1: What's your next project, uh, Mary? You, you finished the, uh, the Bigfoot Beyond the Footprints uh, book? What are you working on now? Any plans for another book?
0: Uh, right now, I just keep finding these things and um, putting them on the website. Um, it's a it's a big effort to do a, a book, and I have to decide if I want to do that or not. I could do something on just the little people stories that show that they are that they still exist. When I initially got into this, I thought it, uh, the stories were only from the past. So, you know, that's certainly a possibility. I could do a book on all the things that I discovered using Google Earth. And I certainly encourage people to uh, use the tool for themselves. It's amazing what you can find. Last fall, we found um, a a number of sites uh, in Antarctica where clearly uh, ancient cities are starting to show up. And these have to be really, 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 really ancient because that continent has been covered in ice for millions of years. So it's kind of like a cross between archaeology and, and detective work. And uh, uh, it, it's fun.
1: That would be a terrific book, it's just a pictorial. All of the uh, the Google Earth images which show some something that shouldn't be there, some strange artifact, some modern-looking structure uh, under the ice that's peeking through. Uh, with kind of a you know a, a bit of a, a backstory or a description, you could you could fill volumes just with that alone.
0: Yeah, yeah. So there's possibilities. I just have to get my mindset on doing that, or just continue putting stuff on the website all the time. One or the other.
1: Um, do you continue to be approached by by whistleblowers?
0: Mm, every once in a while, it's um, the most recent one. Let's see. Oh, yeah. I I I just remembered one. Um, we probably don't have time to get into another one, do we?
1: Well, we've got a couple minutes. We've got two minutes.
0: All right. One man had read my book about underground bases, and he went on a camping vacation, and he spent some of his time at something called Mile High Campground, which is about as close as you can get to um, the secret facility that's been built beneath that ridge, um, and it's technically on... Uh, the Great Smoky Mountain uh, National Park property. And he was really very brave. He's walking around in the dark. He, he, he walked for about uh, 13, 14 miles into the area above where this facility is. He found a um, uh, ventilation vent that was kind of hidden back in the woods where he was exploring. Uh, during the time he was there, he could hear and feel uh, machinery and stuff beneath the ground uh he said it stopped completely at five o'clock and i've heard this in another situation where you right you have to be there like at night time to catch it and it's like they cut it off when most people are going to start getting up and the five o'clock time uh has come up at least twice at uh and and at two different places so uh i guess that's the most recent report i've gotten regarding underground bases
1: All right. Well, uh, I look forward to seeing some more of those great Google Earth uh, images up at uh, skyshipsovercashiers.com. Mary, great work as always. Thank you so much.
0: It's always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you
1: likewise mary joyce all right that's it for me my thanks to carlos and ryan back next week we'll talk rock and roll mysteries with the rock and roll detective in the meantime don't be afraid there's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known what you hear in the dark speak in the light what i say in a whisper proclaim from the housetops move over aphrodite i'm coming home good night